c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. Alright, welcome to Fat, French, and Fabulous. I'm Janelle. And I'm Jessica. And that's the most professional intro we'll ever do. The most professional. I didn't even mention I didn't even mention breasts. Well now fuck. Oh that's Jessica, <laughs> we're sixteen seconds into this. We can't this is this is already a disaster. Alright, so speaking of disaster, uh this week I don't even know how often we're gonna post this. Week? By week? By month? I don't know. I don't know. This time, we're talking about uh, petty feuds of the Maritimes. Hollywood, baby. Hollywood. Hollywood. All right. This is, we're talking about uh, the weird shit people do to each other in Canada's armpit. Um, I'm actually from New Brunswick. Uh, Again, I mean, if there's, if there's an armpit of Canada, (laughs) that's... I will, I will not be as aggressively insulting the Maritimes as Janelle will be, because I'm Albertan, and that's punching down. That's punching down. (laughs) So the Maritimes actually specializes in long-standing and ridiculous feuds. Um, and, like, these, are, these aren't petty things. Like, people die in 40-year-old family feuds. And so... Um, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys, but with more fish. I actually found the Maritime Hatfields and McCoys, and they're going to be a future episode. Um, but the three I'm going to look at today are the Lobster Murders of Cape Breton. I don't have a punchy name for this one, but the did vo- they did they murder lobster? I think that's just like business that's, as that's, usual. That's just how Nova Scotians feed their families. Um, the second one is in uh, PEI, the Voiseau's Revenge. I'm actually surprised that there wasn't more like heinous murder in PEI. There's just there's something wrong with that entire island. And then the last one is in my own home province of New Brunswick, and that is the infamous. Galants versus the Murrays and their giant pile of poo. Uh, so we're gonna is this get, a literal pile of poo? This is a literal pile of poo, but we're going to save that one to the end. As oh, best for laughs. Best poo for, for laughs. We're going to start with lobster murders. Right, so the lobster industry is actually super important to the Maritimes. I think, like, if there's anything that most people know about the Maritimes, I think it's lobster and blue nose. Yeah, the blue nose being the smuggling ship. Actually, that's not. I was. I think most people just recognize it from like that one time they used a dime. Yeah, like the last time you used a dime, if that you know, like you looked in there, like oh yeah, it's a cute little ship. It's it's a rum runner. It is a rum runner. <laughs> they used to smuggle rum. Al Capone used the like, blue nose. Even if I'm our mistaken. criminals are adorable. Are they? People died, Jessica. I bet they died cute. Okay, this is an adorable story, but people did die. Uh, so lobster is actually Canada's top export species. We export around two billion worth of these like sea scorpions every year, and like seventy six thousand people living in the Maritimes make their living in the lobster industry in this country. Uh, many of whom are related to me. Uh, all of them. Th- yes. Repeatedly. They all have the surname Como. It's an <laughs> incestuous industry. Um, Lobsters have an incredibly short season. Like, lobsters are actually a biologically immortal species. They you, are. You can't age them to death. Uh, but they take an incredibly long time to grow big enough to eat them satisfyingly. Yeah. Like, like if you just left a lobster alone, it would live forever. Yeah. They also occasionally just drop their own limbs off, which is a fun fact. They're just like, don't need this anymore. Yeah, it just grows back. They can grow back limbs on command. Like, if lo- lobsters were, like, rich oligarchs, they would just, like tip like waitresses with their limbs your brain is fascinating and terrifying 
Um, so lobsters actually have a very short season. In Cape Breton, you only get about two months to fish lobster. And since that's what's keeping most people in Nova Scotia um, off the brink of starvation, it's a highly competitive, it, it's high stakes shit. Yeah. You've got, you've got two months to get all of the lobster. All of it. All the lobster or you're going to die. Um, so this story happens with the crew of a three person lobster ship called the Twin Maggies. Um, when you name a boat, you have to stick with the name, but it, it doesn't have to be a good one. I mean, it's not the worst name. It's not the worst but name. But it's not a good name. It's it's not a good name. The tw- It's bad luck to rename a boat, so I, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. and The Gemini Margaret. <laughs> that's awful. Don't name boats. This is out for you. Um, but the... The crew of the Twin Maggies had a long-standing problem with a name, the man named James Boudreaux. So for 25 years, they suspected this asshole of cutting their lobster traps. Uh, every single year, they would find 20 to 25 traps cut, which doesn't sound like a lot of traps, but that's about $6,000 in damages alone, plus all of the delicious lobster that is no longer caught in your traps. There is a massive, like, like sea scorpion opportunity cost here. They're just disgusting. You are losing money off of those arachnids of those sea. Those spider mermaids. Spider mermaid. They're spider mermaids. I just want to watch one of your nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a horrifying They mostly involve spiders in the sea. That's... Oh my god, who hurt you? Spiders (laughs) did. Spiders. You grew up in Grand Prairie. You've never seen an ocean. I mean, I've seen spiders. <laughs> and I think the only thing scarier than a spider is a spider that can swim. The only thing sp- scarier than a spider that can swim is growing up in Grand Prairie. True. <laughs> uh, so James Boudreaux, they could never actually prove that James Boudreaux was the one cutting their traps. Um, so, I mean, this is this is all a, a completely unfounded allegation. But the only year that they didn't get their traps cut was the year when James was in prison. And again, this went on for 25 years. Like, this went on for almost as long as I've been alive. That's true. It went on for longer than I've been alive. Because um, I'm an infant. Um, so on June 1st, 2013, the crew of the Twin Maggies was out on the sea when they happened to spot James in a speedboat fucking around with some lobster traps. And they decided that was enough. They had had enough of James. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. So th- Y'all better watch yourself, James. What was that? That was my sass. People do not speak like that in the Maritimes. It's just basically nautical terms mashed together into an unintelligible accent. I I don't know how people from the Maritimes talk. We talk talk dumb. I assume it's like the Swedish chef. No, it's... (laughs) We're recording this in Edmonton and you don't meet... You do meet a lot of Maritimers in I Edmonton, do. actually. There's no excuse. And there's more of them in, Gra- in Grand Prairie, actually. We That's... have we have newfies out the ass. <laughs> Where are you too, boy? Sounds like a sex position. <laughs> newfies out the ass. Um, you can always spot a newfie because they always have like a picture of like the the coastline of Newfoundland, like the shape of Newfoundland, on the back of their pickup, the rear the rear window. The shape of the rock. They don't want to be here. <laughs> no, they don't. We don't want to be here. We all hate you. Um, and we understand. <laughs> so these guys, they found this guy messing around with their lobster traps, and after twenty five years of this, they wanted it. They they were done. So the boat's captain, Dwayne Simpson, turns to crew member Joseph James Landry. And orders him to load a shotgun and open fire at Boudreaux on the high seas. Dwayne? Dwayne. 
Dwayne. Dwayne. I thought that everyone in this story was just going to be named some version of James. It's it's the Maritimes. I would have expected like Jean, Jean something. I Actually, like- this is this is Nova Scotia. I would expect just a whole lot of Gordon. Everyone in Nova Scotia is named Gordon. Everybody's named Gordon. So Dwayne orders Joseph to open fire on Boudreau, um, and he does from a boat. I've never fired a shotgun, but like he's he's taking the kickback of four shotgun shells on a boat that's not moored to anything. So he fires four shots at the guy, hitting him once in the leg. Um, and under normal circumstances, if I got shot in the leg doing pretty much anything, that would be all the incentive I needed to stop doing that thing. I mean. Just like just the idea of being shot in the leg would be enough to make me stop. No, but they're not done. So they decided that they would then ram Boudreaux's speedboat repeatedly with their fishing boat until he fell overboard. They then snag him on a fish hook and drag him through the Atlantic until he dies. At which point they fasten his body to an anchor and just let it go in, uh, where are they? They are in Pettigras, Nova Scotia, just off the coast of, um, Cape Breton Island. And his body's actually never been found. Dude. Yeah, this is, this is a dark story. We opened dark. Dude. Yeah, no, this is, this is dark. That's, how long would it take you to die? I don't know, like, you're, you're bleeding out and you... You're bleeding out, but I think the hypothermia would get you first. I don't know, or would you that drown? That ocean is never warm. Or would you just die of shame? Shame or shock? <laughs> you, you're being, this is, this is 25 years in the making and they murder him. This is called the lobster murders. This was an infamous case uh, when it happened. Dude. Yeah. So eventually Landry and Simpson were found guilty. They were initially tried for second degree murder because, I mean, it, it was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when you I see, mean... I, I know property damage is annoying, but just no hesitation. They shot the guy. Uh, so they were eventually found guilty of manslaughter. I believe uh, one of them was sentenced to 14 years in prison, and I think the other one got a similar sentence. And the third crew member, Craig Landry, uh, who was related to Joseph Landry, because everybody's fucking related out there, um, he actually ended up getting 28 days time served and two years of probation for, I guess, going along with the plot to ram him to death. I mean, like, so he's he didn't shoot him, and he didn't hook him in the mouth, but he, like, he didn't, like, I don't know if they him. hooked him in the mouth. They just sort of, it, it wasn't really specific, because, I mean, CBC can only be so dark. <laughs> <laughs> All this research, for the most part, comes off the CBC. Wow. I'm a proud Canadian. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. So, so I guess the message to this story is that if you want to kill a guy, you just need to be on a boat with two other people that do it. Yeah, basically. You'll get off with time served. Just 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 be able to point to like someone else. That's that's the moral of this one. The moral of this st- like wow. I mean, I yeah, mean this, it's not exactly dark. a coke deal gone wrong. No, it's it's not. This is lobster. <laughs> this is this is lobster. Um <laughs> So the second the second story of a petty maritime feud is actually equally dark. Um so this story is from Montague PEI, which I can only assume is like an intersection. <laughs> I don't. I don't think this is a big. City. I do not think they have a light with that works. Like they might have a traffic light, but it, it definitely. I don't think work. this is a big town. <laughs> um, and this this crime actually at the time was described by the judge as one of the worst crimes in the history of PEI. I mean, it is PEI. It's PEI. Like worst worst things have happened in Edmonton 
this week, but PEI is a small place. PEI is a... It is a an island slash Anne of Green Gables museum. <laughs> the whole island. The whole island. It's just a giant... It's just where foreign Asian tourists come to see Anne of Green Gables. That That's what it is. Like... <laughs> Like, I think the worst crime you can ever commend PEI is, is moving your children to PEI. <laughs> My favorite fact about PEI is that the um, the Confederate bridge that you take to get there, it's free to get on to PEI, but it costs 40 bucks to leave. <laughs> it's true. You can strain. It is a trap. You just, you go to PEI without cash and then you, you just sort of have to stay and build a life there. Because you can't get off the that's, island. That's how they bring new new genes into the pool. It's the only thing keeping their children from being born with three eyes. Like, this is... <laughs> like, it's either this or flipper babies. <laughs> um, my favorite fact about the Constitution Bridge is that it's actually... Confederate Bridge. The Confederate Bridge, not the Constitution Bridge. Not the bridge, Constitution the Confederate Bridge. Confederate That's American. We're Canadian. <laughs> the, my favorite fact about the Constitution... I nearly did it again. The Confederate Bridge. The Confederate Bridge is that it's actually the Fifth Amendment of the Canadian Constitution. Is it really? Yeah. Just that it will exist. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, like bridge for PEI. They have a constitutional right to not be stranded. They have a constitutional right to be able to escape. (laughs) (laughs) So, so if you're ever pleading the Fifth in Canada. That's just, you're just asking for PEI to have a bridge. That's great. So next time... You're demanding your right to leave PEI. If you get arrested, I demand to leave PEI. (laughs) Let me go. (laughs) So on November 19th, 1970, uh, a man named Herb... I'm going to mess this up. Nobody's name in this story is pronounceable. McGuigan is the... McGuigan. McGuigan is the closest I can figure. Herb McGuigan was driving drunk, and he struck a family van owned by the Vuozo family, whose whose name I've also just butchered. Vuozo. Vuozo. I. This is why we have a polyglot on the show. Um, so it's nine. Italian. I, I got. I guess these are. This is a family that clearly got trapped there. Um, so nine year old just didn't have that forty bucks. <laughs> Bridge didn't exist in nineteen seventy. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> So nine-year-old Kathy Vuozzo was actually killed in this crash, and Herb was found unconscious in his vehicle surrounded by beer cans. So you, not a lot of forensics went into not this. Not a good alibi. Not a good alibi. So Kathy's father and her younger brother, Alfred Gee, were both in the collision, and they both survived. And in the aftermath, Herb was sentenced to nine months in prison for impaired driving. And for a long time, that was pretty much it. This is 1970. That's a very short sentence. It's a very short sentence. You could give birth in that time. Why is that where your mind goes? Nine months. I think that's just like everybody goes to. Like that's the one nine months thing that everyone thinks <laughs> like, about. I'm gonna have a baby. I may as well just go to prison for nine months. Just, just... isn't that what people do in prison? <laughs> Pump out babies. This is why. What you know? Prisons are unisex. <laughs> we can't let you commit anything. You're gonna. You're not gonna last in prison. I'm pretty sure that's the that's the punishment for getting pregnant is you, you go just, to prison. Oh my god. I don't I don't know. You just show up on your first day of prison like, all right, where do I go to get inseminated? <laughs> I've heard that's what they do here. <laughs> your your grasp of the justice system is absolutely terrifying. Um 
But yeah, so he gets a nine-month sentence in 1970, or 1971, when this case goes to trial. And for a long time, that's kind of the end of this story. Um, allegedly, Kathy's mother, the, the victim's mother, ended up hitting one of the McGuigan's sons in the 1990s. But that was pretty much as vicious as the feud got. Hit? Hit. Like that's, that's an ambiguous, like, slapped? It, like I think, I, the story wasn't clear, but I think slapped. Okay. I think she slapped the kid. And I mean, Pretty mild. It's a small island. Like, you're gonna you're gonna slap somebody else's shitty kid at, a, at some point. I mean, obviously. Yeah. So then in 2014, which is a full 44 years after the accident, Alfred Guy Wozo, like, the, the kid who survived the accident, decides that he's going to get revenge for his sister's death. That took a while. Yeah, 44 years after this. So it, it's what was what, he bored? What, did, he, did he like binge for like did he binge all his favorite shows and was just like, well, yeah, vengeance time. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've pretty much run out of Nancy Drew novels. I don't know what to do with my life now. Like, and there's I, only so many times a man can read you like Ella Mon- Montgomery. <laughs> I have read Anne of Green Gables for 44 solid years, and I've lost my mind. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's also worth noting that Herb McGuigan, like, the drunk driver, is dead by this point. Like, he is long dead at this point. I mean, like, how long can you live as a Prince Edward Island drunk? Forever. They're all drunk. That was unkind. (laughs) Rude. Rude. Uncalled for. Uncalled for. Um, (laughs) so. So harsh. So the whole point of a family feud, though, is that, like, these, these stop making sense real quick. So Herb's dead, and he decides that the next best thing is just to get a handgun and go park his car outside the McGuigan home and just shoot the first people he sees. Uh, so he spots two men. Good plan. Good plan. Uh, this well, is this is simp- keep it simple. This is a stable and well-adjusted individual. So he sees two men through the window of the family home and he shoots them. And so Brent McGuigan, sixty-eight. This is the son. This is Herb's son. And is it the same son that the mother hit? I don't know. The story did Ambiguous. not specify. Maybe he. These are important details. These are important. We need to know these things. CBC only has so much money. Get it together, CBC. Uh, and so Brent McGuigan. 68, and Brent's son, Brendan, this is now Herb's grandson, 39 years old, so he he wasn't even alive at the time of the accident, are both killed. And Brent's wife hears the gunshots and comes out to find her husband and son dying on the floor. This is actually, this is a dark story, too. Dark. I pick dark stories. Dark. And so Vuozzo yells at her, like, I did this for what your father did to my baby sister, and he sort of takes off into the night. <laughs> I, kill, I killed your son because, like, killing husband, young people. I killed your, like, at this point, he's dead. He's just sort of yelling at the dude's daughter-in-law. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, I killed your husband because, like, it's wrong to kill young people. Who 44 years ago. Uninvolved. <laughs> yeah. So there's a police manhunt ensues and somehow Vozo escapes, hides his gun, ammo, and gloves near a pond. And then at midnight, he just sort of turns the fuck up at his brother's house and is like, I did it. I got them. And then takes back off into the night. Yeah. So his brother immediately turns him in because of course. This, this was a one man family feud. Uh, or it, it was. It was a one-man family feud. Because uh, this is not the end of it. So Vozo went to court and got a life sentence for the murders, as he should. Because, like, he yelled at this lady. He shot two people. He ex- shot two people. Yeah, I, I'm actually less concerned about the yelling than I and am about, he, like... he didn't know how to keep it to himself. Like, this <laughs> is just badly managed. I'm more concerned about the fact that he, like, execution-style murdered two people than the fact that he... <laughs> like, I mean, like, of course that is bad. I think but the, that's bad But he obvious. had poor man. 
manners. But poor manners as well. <laughs> Mostly what I mean is just like, this is like, PEI is a small place. And these families know each other. So if you're going to commit murder, move to an anonymous large city and kill a stranger. Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) So in the courtroom for this case during sentencing, Wozo suddenly stands up and starts cursing out the McGuigans. And then one of the McGuigans stands up and he starts screaming that there will not be another Wozo left alive in Montague when I'm done. And he turns to the guy. That is Shakespearean. Oh, it's Shakespearean. And he turns to the guy and says, I'm not going to go as easy on your mother as you went on, on the victims. And uh, as they're hauling this screaming McGuigan out of the courtroom, Wozo yelled back, like, we'll see about that. Uh, so the, the RCMP had to formally scold both families. Ah, uh, yes. A formal scolding a from the Canadian formal police. formal scolding from the RCMP to tell them, like, we don't want, like, a... Nah. The, we've, you've had a 45-year blood feud. Like, this is... We cannot handle any more murder. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that the harshest uh, the Canadian justice system is capable of? I don't, like, like, what else do you do? Just, like, don't you do it. Mm-mm. I mean, it, this, this sentencing... No, no, no. <laughs> the sentencing was almost two years ago, and so far... There have been no more murders. Oh, good. So, I I don't know. I think, I think this good. one... I don't know that this story had a happy ending. I mean... Poor Brent. Poor, poor Brent. Brendan. And Brendan. Brendan. Brendan had nothing to do with this. No. Leave uh, poor Brendan out of it. Leave Brendan alone. <laughs> leave Brendan alone. Oh, they're, they're dead and it's actually really sad. Yes. Yeah. So, the last story actually has uh, no death. No death. No death, but it has thousands and thousands of kilograms of poo. I'm into this. I'm into. Oh, all right. <laughs> this is why you don't come over that often. I mean, also, you never invite me. We'll work out our personal problems after the recording. <laughs> you with a forty-year blood feud. I will start a forty-year blood feud. I'm, I'm going to cut all of her lobsters. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put poo <laughs> in your life. All over your life. I mean, I I'm, might, I might also kill your family. Harsh, but I accept it. <laughs> All right. Um, so this this feud is the last feud takes place in New Brunswick, and uh, this is a feud between the Gallant family and the Murray families, which are two of the most maritimer surnames to ever exist. Gallant. Gallant. That almost sounds like a, like a type of boot. <laughs> it's a galosh. You're thinking of galosh. I like galoshes. Gallant is just gallant pronounced funny. Because it's it's a maritime thing. If if you if you meet maritime. So gallant. <laughs> that was an esoteric reference. Um so this takes place in a town called Indian Mountain, New Brunswick, which is right outside my hometown of Moncton, New Brunswick. And and Indian Mountain is genuinely an intersection. So so we have it we have like First-hand reports, this is an intersection. It's basically an intersection with farmland? Or, there's there's cows and a road. Cows and a road? There's cows and a road. That is fancy. That's that's about all we've got here. Um, interest, their Wikipedia article, I shit you not, contains nothing but a list of five local attractions, which are the school, the general store, the golf club, the meeting house, and something called the Lutz Mountain Church of the Nazarene, which, if you click the link, takes you to the website of a Calgary-based car insurance company. This is Indian Mountain. Weird. This, yeah, this is this is Indian Mountain, New Brunswick. This is what they've got to offer: a store and either Jesus or car insurance. I mean, possibly both. Possibly both. Jesus, take the wheel. 
Uh, so in 2001, David and Joan Gallant purchased a piece of land from their friends Lee and Shirley Murray. Um, so they purchased a small piece of the land. So the Gallant's land was actually bordered by the Murray's land on three sides. So they're they're thoroughly boxed in. It was a strange way to divide land. Yeah, it's it's they're basically the tongue of these people's property. Yeah, they're now. they're the toenail of the Murray estate. Yes, they're just a little scrap of land. Um, and this was in 2001. So the court case that came of this doesn't actually explain what happened between the two families, but sometime between 2001 and 2014, the Murrays completely lost their shit. Literally? I mean, they knew where the shit was. <laughs> it's just the location of the shit that was the problem. So in November of 2013, at four o'clock in the morning, the Gallants wake up to the sound of an industrial loader dumping thousands of pounds of literal horse shit at the end of the Gallants' property. So right on the border between the two properties, they built a mountain of fresh, raw, untreated, and wet horse manure. Uh, so subtle. Subtle. This is That is a subtle way of telling your neighbors to keep their lawn tidy. I have hated neighbors, but I have never hated neighbors quite that much. I I wouldn't do that to somebody who accidentally murdered my daughter. No, normally you just sort of blow some dandelion seeds onto their lawn and call it a day. Yeah. You let your their dog pee on the bushes, you're you're good. Usually when they're not home. Yeah, normally but- but sometimes when there are, they are just to let them know that you detest them. You just sort of pull back your curtain and watch their house disapprovingly. But uh, no, so they, they decided to build Shit Mountain on the edge of the property. So David Gallant, like understandably upset that there is an industrial loader piling horse shit on the edge of his I property. I don't understand why. Yeah, so he calls the Murrays to complain about this and they hang up on him. Um, and this continues, like, this goes on for days, them piling up horse manure on the edge of the property, and eventually the pile of shit is big enough to be seen from fucking space. <laughs> so in the court case, the judge actually refers to a satellite photograph where the mountain of shit is clearly visible at the edge of the property. This this is not a subtle maneuver. You can find it. If you go online and look up this case, you can actually see satellite images that clearly show... <laughs> The giant mountain of horse shit. Um, and they they left it there for a year. It sat there for a year. What just society would not put a restraining order on these people? I mean, they live next. Like, what can you... I just want to know what you have to do to make somebody this mad. I... I don't... I, I don't, don't even... I don't know. Did you, I, I don't know anything that would make me this angry. Right? Like, how do you get angry enough to, one, rent a loader? Like, rent heavy machinery? Yeah, and then buy... Buy industrial quantities of horse feces. Untreated... Like, can you even buy raw, untreated like, manure? Like, I think you normally... You buy it and it's already dry. Yeah, like you. I think you just have to get a horse and then just feed it obscene amounts of like prunes. There's just a concentrated force feeding horse factory somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean like, and 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 they live right beside these people. Yeah, there's no escaping this. Like they probably can smell this from their house. Oh, they they definitely can. So the manure was apparently unbearable. Like the stench was unbearable. Like and the he... kind of smell you can taste. <laughs> oh, that made it worse. <laughs> it's worse now. Uh, and apparently this was particularly like 
unbearable to live around when it was windy or raining, which is like both of the weather that we have in New Brunswick. That's it's both that's, seasons. That's both of them. We have. I mean, we have that's snow. All the weather. We have we have rain, windy, or we have like ice storm. That's. And, and, like, ice storm is probably the only time where this is bearable. The problem is, is, like, when you get six feet of snow, is that six feet of snow eventually melts. Yes. And then... And then it's worse. And then we're back to horse manure. Um, so in March 2014, the pile of shit is still very much there at this point. The Murrays then get a snowblower, and they go around the edge of the Gallant's property to blow rocks and snow onto the Gallant's property. Like, they're, they're not done fucking with... They're not even close to done fucking with these people. How do you get this... They already have... A mountainous pile of horse dew. I don't know, like visible from space. How have you not already excised your demons? <laughs> you've, this is you. You've you've reached cathartic release by this point. Normally, like normally, this is where shame should be setting in. <laughs> Deep inner shame at your actions. Like, like I'm probably I'm pretty sure the only reason why they didn't like buy like an, a a gigantic paper bag for the horse poo and set it on fire is because that would have like blown their oh, house no, 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 off no. the face of no. the mountain. We're we're not even close to done. No no no. It it gets so much worse. It How did it feel what? Why? So two months later, again, shit pile is still extremely present. Uh the Gallants allege that the Murrays intentionally destroyed a section of fence between the two properties and loosed fifty cows on their property. They released 50 cows onto the Gallant's lawn, uh, which absolutely destroyed the lawn and damaged trees on the property. So we can have, like, more manure now. Yeah, no, definitely. They weaponized cows. <laughs> Again, I don't know what the Gallant's did, but I kind of want to know. This seems, like, this seems kind of one-sided. I mean... This is just sort of a vendetta. I have no idea. Maybe they spoke English and the Murray spoke French. I don't know. Um, but in September 2014, again, shit's still there. Uh, the Murrays decided to place an enormous hay bale. And I mean, you can't even, like, move. No, you can't. You, you're in New Brunswick. Your, your house is worth six jelly beans and a fart. There's no way that you can afford to up and move. And I mean, like, even if you could find somebody with six jelly beans and a fart. They don't want to live in Indian Mountain. They do not want to live in Indian Mountain, and they definitely don't want to live to... Horse shit mountain. Yeah, in no. Indian mountain. Yeah, come. How do you? Yeah, can you imagine showing the house? <laughs> like, yeah, just... what's that smell? Like, <laughs> like you are purely, you are purely selling to like the, the like the kind of like the market of people who have had like mild head injuries as children and can no longer smell. I don't think it's even the smell. It's more like what's blocking out the sun. Like, <laughs> oh shit. Um. Yeah. No. What? So we're still not done here. It's September. Shit's still there. The Murrays now place an enormous hay bale right up against the edge of the Gallant's property as close to the house as possible to make sure that cows would then piss and shit as close to the Gallant house as they could. This was to protect, this was intentionally to attract cows to the close, the point closest to the house to make life absolutely unbearable. Because you know what, you know what really really brings a certain je ne sais quoi to the smell of moldering year-old horse shit. 
cow piss. <laughs> it really just mmm. Mm. So just a sousson of 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 acrid. We got the French in ammonia. this episode. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, so we're actually still not done. So around the time of this hay bale incident, David Gallant has finally had enough of living in the shadow of Shit Mountain. David Gallant is a patient man. Dave, David Gallant is a saint. Saint <laughs> Saint Gallant. I don't know what he's gonna be the patron saint of, but it, it's not gonna be good. Patron patron saint of of unbearable neighbors. <laughs> this is this is the man that you're gonna pray to when you clog somebody's toilet. When you clog the toilet at somebody else's house, like, oh please, Saint David, unclog this shitter. This is this is this man's this, legacy. This is, this is the person you pray to when someone does an up, upper decker. This is there's there's no prayers. Satan has taken you. So David Gallant finally has enough of this, and he files a formal complaint with the New Brunswick Farm Practices Review Board, which is probably the least intimidating legal body uh, I, I in the country. Know. I think I think they. You don't want to go up against the the the. the New Brunswick Farm Practices Review Board. The New Brunswick Farm Practices Review Board. They are tough. They're they're tough. They will kneecap you. So he's like he. You mistreat a chicken, you're done. You're done. They they are they're gonna find you and they will cut you in both official languages. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Oh zut. Zut (laughs) Um. So he appeals to them to make the Murrays nager dans la piscine. Eat the fish? Swim in the pool. Swim in the pool. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Some of us only took the mandatory two years of French. And other other other, other ones of us mainlined that. Yeah. They you, enjoyed it. You you I I cackled while my schoolmates cried. You needed more hugs as a child. <laughs> um so they appealed to this board to make the Murrays move the shit pile. And if they actually win because of of course they fucking win. I don't know a judge alive who would deny them. No, so at the end of October, Judge uh, Judy wouldn't put up with that. She has no jurisdiction here. You have no power here. Jur- judge Judy has jurisdiction everywhere, especially in my heart. <laughs> so at the end of October, the Murrays finally move the manure, but somehow in the process of moving the manure, the Murrays start a brush fire. Which then causes smoke damage to the Gallant's garage. I don't know what, 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 how how much friction does a pile of wet manure possibly well, the thing have? Is it rots, right? Yeah, I mean it and, has heat, but but no, like like when you have like a huge pile of manure, the inside rots faster than yeah, the outside, I, I and the gas can't escape. Compost fire, but like. I mean, surely they, this is on their property. They're now setting their own property on fire. Yeah, just... They're lucky they didn't explode, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine the obituary? Like, <laughs> he passed peacefully at home, screaming and choking on the gases of a noxious horse pile. <laughs> they should list the cause of death in obituaries. I would read them. Um... So again, like the New Brunswick Farm Practices Review Board, which continues to be the least intimidating legal body ever, then held a hearing for the Murrays and decided that setting cows free on your property, on your neighbor's property, and building a manure pile that can be seen from space are, quote, unacceptable farming practices. And the, I agree. I agree. And the day after this happened... You can't get anything past the Farm Review Board. They're, they're a sharp bunch <laughs> in both official languages. And actually, I wonder if they do. I wonder if New Brunswick has, like, the, the New Brunswick Farm Practices Review Board, and then, like, 
the Nouveau Brunswick board the farm practice because that's French in New Brunswick. Why? I don't know. I don't care enough to know. I don't care. Um, but the day after they, they hand this ruling down, somebody then goes and gouges an enormous scratch into the side of the Gallant's car. I wonder who it was. Yeah, this is suspicious because, again, nobody fucking lives in Indian Mountain. There's not a lot of suspects. And, like, if you saw a car in Indian Mountain, would you even know what it was? <laughs> okay. All right. Hang on. <laughs> I was born, like, half an hour from where this happened. Let's... I, I think you'd be in awe of it. Would you ever <laughs> damage such a such a magnificent machine? You know what? This is why we don't like Albertans. This is why we don't befriend your kind. <laughs> Those eastern bastards will just freeze in the dark. This, this Thank is, you. This, this, is, this is why we have a lot of country between us. This is... Yeah. Stay on your side of Manitoba, I, I, like, and we'll I, stay on ours. The like, no man's land of this like, conflict. Like, that's that's they're just like it's just like on either side of the Manitoba border. There's just barbed wire of no of Manitoba. We'll just box in Manitoba. It's like, the, it's the DMZ of Canada. They, I think they have the world's largest uh, Ukrainian Easter egg. That's us. No, it's is it you? It's two hours. You've been to it with me. Oh yeah, that w- they don't even have the world's largest Do, Ukrainian Easter egg. Does our time together mean nothing to you? I just blocked <laughs> out the Easter egg. Oh my god, we saw the world's largest Ukrainian Easter egg together, and you're like, nah. <laughs> but like, I, I I assume that Indian Mountain is like the the New Brunswick equivalent of Clive, Alberta. The Wikipedia page for Clive, Alberta, and yes, I know this off of the top of my head. This is yes, what, I do. Yes, you do. Uh, under amenities, they have listed, uh, they have a skate park. Oh, and good. that's it. Skate they park a, is pretty minimal. I mean, you can just call, call any surface a skate park. I mean, so like, basically what this means is they have a patch of concrete that is relatively even. Yeah, I mean, like, with the right attitude, any surface is a skate park. Just believe. Believe. Um, so finally, uh, in January of 2015, the Gallants finally sue the Murrays to stop their, uh, quote, increasing pattern of aggression, which means, like, basically in- is legalese for just fucking stop, yeah. you lunatics. You mean there's a higher power than the Farm Review Board that you can appeal to? Yeah, apparently there's courts uh, in New Brunswick. Wow. Yeah, so the the judge in the case is actually quoted as saying... When neighbors fight, nothing good results. This case, now before the court, proves this adage. Um, and the Gallants won. The Gallants were afforded $15,000 in damages. Uh, it would have been more, but the insurance actually paid for cow-related damages, which makes me want to know what kind of insurance they have. What is New Brunswick like? I want to know if I have cow-related damage. Is that like a standard home insurance feature, or do or, you have or, to pay extra? Yeah, like, for, are, are, are cows an act of God? I was just promises? wondering that. Are cows an act of God? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, with the right attitude, anything's an act of God. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta believe. Depends on which God you believe Hallelujah. in and how mad he is at you. <laughs> So the Murrays are now forbidden from setting foot on the Gallant's property. They are forbidden by contacting them by uh, any means except writing. They're forbidden to... They are formally forbidden to snowblow rocks onto the property. Formally forbidden Formally forbidden. Rocks. You may not snowblow rocks. I don't know if this covers other things. If they sit there and they snowblow 700 kittens onto the property, I have no idea if they're violating the law or not. Um, and they are also forbidden from spreading manure within 300 meters of the property. You have to have done something very bad to get when people get that specific in the court order. I wonder if this is like part of this is going to be part of law school at the UNB now. If they're just like, all right, manure related feuds, 
Chapter one. <laughs> the Murrays are crazy. Um, so the Murrays... And that's just the first manure unit. <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole depressing, smelly course. Um, the Murrays, on their part, claim that they're being unjustly accused here. Uh, their, their legal defense is that the manure did not smell, that it was, that it was in fact dry, which is a temporary state for anything in New Brunswick, and that the debris that was snow blown onto the property was, quote, small shovelfuls. So they're not saying they didn't do it. No, they fully admit that they did it. It's just that, like, it's, it wasn't that bad. Stop whining, guys. It was only a little bit of horseman. It's, it's like a legal way of calling somebody a little bitch. No, it's the rocks they're referring to. We only we only snow blew a couple. Snow blue? Snow blowed. Snow. Snow blown. Snow blue. Snow blued. Snow blued. Snoobed. We only we only snoobed a couple small rocks. It was onto fine, your property. Guys. It was fine. Don't it's, be a baby. It's the legal way of calling your neighbor a little bitch. Yeah, like, Basically. it was only, like, some dry horse manure. You can't handle dry horse manure. I eat dry horse manure for breakfast. Which is, again, why you couldn't live on your own till you were 24. I lived on my own when I was 22. That's because your family doesn't love you and they want you to die of horse manure poisoning. <laughs> that's, that's probably correct. <laughs> they do love me. They just, they've given up on my, on my horse manure related ways. That's fantastic. That's, that's great. Yeah, so that that covers uh, petty family feuds of the Maritimes. Um, there is actually another feud that I wanted to cover, which is uh, a long-standing feud in Nova Scotia between the Melvin family and the Marriott family, which is like the Hatfield-McCoy of Canada. But uh, it turns out that that story is so fucking ridiculous, it has to be an episode unto itself. It, absolutely. I was sending Jessica snippets until one in the morning last night, and... It's good. It's, it's good. It's it's, it's really good. good. So that's that's gonna be safe for another day. I I don't am, am, I don't know what it says about me, but I feel really bad for the gallants, and like I should feel bad for like the dude who was dragged through the Atlantic Ocean by his pants after being <laughs> shot. But like that just makes me feel sad. Like this is this is I can't, I can't relate. <laughs> just, but you can relate to being inundated like a deluge of horse manure just strikes a chord with you. Everybody's had a shitty neighbor. <laughs> Usually not that literally. But literally, I was going to say, literally, my neighbor was sort of, I mean, the, the people who live above me, I think, juggle bowling balls between the hours of eight and four uh, in the morning every single night. But I I can't be arsed to take the elevator upstairs and confront them. I, I'm not even going to leave a note. Like, I'm, I'm just going to live with my bowling ball ceiling until just, I move you, out. You just push the feelings down. No, you, you, you just push it down and you compress it until you drink yourself to death. And it doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't hurt anymore. You See, don't... I mean, I, I, I couldn't get four metric tons of shit up the elevator, but... That's what Vuotso should have done. He should have just... Horse shit? No, Vuotso. He should have just, <laughs> no, like, I know. pushed it all down. I thought you mean he should have dumped a mountain of horse shit on the wall. That would have been better. That would have been better. I mean, That's he true. did murder two people. <laughs> I think if we learned anything this week, it's that you should solve all of your problems, no matter how serious or how petty, with several metric tons of animal waste. And a court order from the court of New Brunswick. From the New Brunswick Farm Practices Review Board. I think all... Disputes, large or small, should be settled by the New Brunswick Farm Review Board, Farm Practices Review Board. 
All right. Well, I I trust them. I trust them too. I think we've uh, I think we've learned all that we can learn this week. Um, thanks for if you got this far. Thanks for listening to Fat French and Fabulous. Fabu. Fabu is that is that the French word for fabulous? No. No, I didn't think so. That sounds like something you made up. The alliteration does not exist in. in what French. is it in French? I don't know off the top of my head. Gros. <laughs> Gros. Francais. Francais. Chic. I don't Fant- know. It's fantastic. Chouette. Fantastique. I don't know. C'est vachement chouette. That's worse. Vachement chouette literally means cowly owl, but it translates as very cool. This is this is this is why I stopped taking French. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. None of you make sense. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. We uh, are probably recording this like months before it'll be released, but yes, we look forward to next week. I mean, just open it, just like peel it open, and just like waft fresh, fresh horseshit. That's enough out of you, Jessica. That's enough. So uh, this has been Janelle and Jessica, and we are fat. French and fabulous. Thank you so much for listening to Fat French and Fabulous. If you like us, if you want to hear more of us, please rate and subscribe on whatever services we manage to get on. Um, You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Fat French and Fabulous. And if you want to follow us individually, you can follow us at our dumb Twitter names. I am at Very Bad Llama. And Jessica is at I Am Not a Lungfish. Um, Thanks for getting to this point in the podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Hope to see you next week.